project its ideas and wishes and desires onto this sensory screen and is sort of trapped within these phenomenological limits of its own experience. We could also refer to this is that if you've written a book, start to finish, written a book, you can call yourself a writer. My own additional opinion on top of that is, but you can't call yourself a good writer or not. That very much will be determined by other people. Also to clarify, I'm talking about fiction, okay? And this could be adventure, fantasy, sci-fi. The ink flows so much easier, so you don't have to worry about pressing down really hard. You just kind of have to hold it and write. And they glide and they're easy. And yeah, so fountain pens is another little trick. So. so the thing with morning pages is you're not writing about anything in particular. It's just more of... Step two, break the story into inciting incident, problem, and solution. This outline, which will be broken into three acts, will trace the threat, the fight, and the conquest. Join a writer's club or take an extended learning class or novel writing class. Inside of this circle is society and the ego exists within this matrix of social construction. Now, um, many postmodernists will also refer to the importance of the other. Really small things, but it helps me. The next thing I'll go to do after this is grab my planner and write out my to-do list for the day. And I find that that is just the best way to start my day because I can just look at what I need to do and it's there. And because I've written about it and cleared out all the other gunk, I'm so much more focused and motivated. Um, I don't get dis distracted as easily. I can stay on task. This is second edition. And if you get this book, make sure that you get the second edition because the author has painstakingly taken the time uh, to collect thousands of comments from people that read his first version of this book. And uh, in order to um, address um, things that he may have not explained as well or criticisms of his theories that he, as he explained them in the first book, he addresses people's uh, people that have made uh, comments that... For memory's sake, I started journaling like off and on from there. Like I, I filled up and I am filling up a number of journals. Besides having things to look back on, journaling is like therapy to me, I suppose. And I have discovered so much about the world and about myself through journaling. And anytime I have an issue... You I will write a book. That doesn't mean that it will be any good. You see, there's a big difference in writing a book, a novel, and writing a good one. In fact, learning how to write a good novel is something that takes a lot of commitment and a lot of study, time, and practice. How do I know this? Well, I've been working at it for 10 years so far, and... And, you know, Morton will talk about the severing that occurred, he says, um, during the agricultural revolution, and that this, this trauma of the severing continues to repeat itself. Um, even in our own day and age, which makes the human being and human society feel totally cut off from the non-human natural world. And Morton's way beyond this setup is not to deny that a gap exists between how the world appears and what the world essentially is in itself, but rather to democratize. At least according to this guy. Hey everyone, I'm Melissa Caverly. This is Newsbreaker. An ecologist, Alice Silver, has a book out suggesting human beings are not 
from Earth. Here are the signs, Silver says, you may not be from this planet. I know, from experience, all right? Because I tell you what, the first thing that I wrote, I had, like, I didn't have enough to know if it was good or not, but I hoped it was good, and I dreamt that it was good. But then when I kept writing and learning about writing, I could look back not too far long after writing this piece and like, wow, that, I made a mistake. And then as more time goes on, I can look back and say, that wasn't just a mistake, this is absolute crap. You see, fundamentally, everything you can imagine. Step four, detail the philosophical and immediate motivations of the protagonist. What is the conflict within? Who blocks his efforts in the real world? Then build your villain. Even more like writing it out. I like typing, you know, articles and blog posts and all that kind of stuff. But something about writing it out is very therapeutic to me. And I find that in writing, I can get little nitpicky things that are bothering me out onto paper instead of... Um, collected a theory that is based on the totality of the information. I find, uh, I'm only on chapter two, but I find the book absolutely fascinating so far. Uh, some of the chapters in here, the sun dazzles us. I, I have actually, uh, so far in chapter two uh, of the chapter, uh, let's see, where did I read up to? I read up to, actually I only got this far. Our responses to the environment. So I read from here to here. And um, half of this stuff, I, I thought of. Dealing with some blues and some self-doubt, anxiety lately. And I've been working through that via journaling and it is so beneficial. I'm just reminded time and time again, especially when it, bad things do crop up in my life. I'm not having. Yeah, so some of the chapters here are some of the parts in the book. The part right, right from the beginning. The sun, our problems with the sun. Uh, our vitamin D problems, our body hair issues, uh, the weirdness of uh, clothing. Matter of fact, I want to say this, I don't know if this is later in the book, but you know, uh, one of the things atheists or uh, people that are materialists... Literally what you do is you just open up your notebook. Sam using this one. You open it up, you date the top. Sometimes I like to write the time down and you literally just start writing with whatever is on your mind. Um, usually it starts for me with what I did yesterday or the night before because that's most recent in my mind. If I kind of run out of stuff to talk to the, about that, I will you know, look around and look outside because I have two big beautiful windows and I'll start writing about what I see. Um, I'll write about what I feel. If something's bugging me, I'll just kind of... Two months before war, Saddam Hussein met with one of the most senior generals in Iraq's Republican Guard. He was the commander whose divisions would defend the approaches to Baghdad. Rad Majid al-Hamdani was the man America and Britain expected to unleash chemical or biological weapons against their troops. Except he couldn't. I knew and I'd been told by President Saddam Hussein himself that Iraq did not have any weapons of mass destruction. I journal, and there's just so much goodness to come to that. So when I say I journal every single morning, I mean every single morning, first thing in the morning. So I wake up, my alarm beeps, I take my temperature. Sometimes, recently I've kind of been 
like laying around in bed a little bit longer just because I've been so tired recently. Maybe do my skincare and kind of my bathroom stuff. And I usually... As a commander of a Republican Guard Corps, it's highly likely I would have been informed if we had these weapons. That didn't happen. Every official source assured me that in Iraq, no one would find evidence of weapons of mass destruction, neither chemical or biological, because Iraq didn't have any. Bathroom stuff, and I usually, just about always, like 99% of the time, I will make some sort of like cup of coffee or tea or hot lemon water or something of that sort. And then I'll go and I'll sit down and my space kind of changes. I used to do it from bed for a while and then I do it from the back bedroom and recently I like made myself a desk over here and I've been doing it from there recently, the past couple mornings. But the very first journal I start with is my morning pages journal. I've written about this and I've talked about this and I'll try to link those videos and those blog posts down below if you want to learn more about morning pages. Britain and America were preparing to fight a war whose central justification did not exist. Much of their intelligence came from Iraqi exile groups who hated Saddam. Privately, some intelligence analysts were appalled by the importance politicians gave to these groups. I got a call and said, hey, listen, we've got an Iraqi National Congress source and we need you to fly literally around the world. And I sat down with this guy. And I have to tell you, I know more about WMD from my daughter's dirty diapers than this Iraqi National Congress source knew. I am here to tell you that is not you and it's not me, okay? Everyone hopes that they're the exceptions, this, you know, undiscovered prodigy, but the likelihood is so unlikely, you'll have a much greater chance of uh, judging your skill accurately by not considering yourself anything special, <laughs> as harsh as that is. And it doesn't matter how good of an idea you have. If you think you've got the best idea for the greatest story, if you can't write for a damn, you're not gonna be able to write a good story, okay? Great ideas don't necessarily make great stories, but a great writer can take a terrible idea and write a great book. That's the big difference, okay? Because there is uh, there's so much to writing that uh, beginners don't fully understand. Now, what right do I have to be say this is how things are done? I can only share from experience. And what is that experience? My fellow citizens, Saddam Hussein must leave Iraq within 48 hours. It is not too late for the Iraqi military to act with honor and protect your country by permitting the peaceful entry of coalition forces to eliminate weapons of mass destruction. Saddam knew the UN had not sanctioned the war. He was defiant. He said, we shall humble the massive armies of the United States at the walls of Baghdad. I shall then lead you westwards to liberate Palestine and the territories occupied by the Israeli Zionists. Some other project, I will start writing about it, and things will come, uh, bubble up to the surface of, I wouldn't even thought about if I just, you know, was sitting there trying to twiddle my thumbs and think about it. But for some reason, writing it out in the morning, I'm just very clear and my mind just works better. So a couple other things that it helps with, it gives me an extra like 30 to 45 minutes to wake up in the morning. If I were to just wake up and directly go into like working on things, 
I wouldn't be very good at it because I'd still be waking up. So this gives me, you know, that extra space of time to wake up. And I think that is very, very beneficial. Other things is... The coalition planned to begin the invasion with a spectacular opening strike, perhaps the largest assassination attempt in history. Zero hour was set for two days after the president's deadline was due to expire. This was a direct shot at the Saddam Hussein regime and a direct shot at the Ba'athist regime and a direct shot at an oppressive regime, not the Iraqi people nor their infrastructure. Air planners were targeting no less than 55 men whose names appeared on what was known as the blacklist. One of those who'd drawn up the list worked at the Pentagon. Supernatural powers. But in fact, you know, as I was reading just the beginning of this book, I realized that that is ridiculous. The human being itself, the physical human being that we, uh, our consciousness occupies in this reality, is itself supernatural to Earth. If you think about everything that humans do, and what we're like, we are already supernatural to everything else here. Also, I laugh at these people that sort of worship the planet or want to become one with the planet. Our bodies, our physical existence here is not really compatible with Earth. Uh, Earth is very hostile and dangerous to us. Nature kills us. And uh, while you're enjoying that beautiful sunset or a day at the beach, or it's happened here recently, where I, near where I live, a man walking back to his car in the parking lot from the beach was instantly killed when a lightning bolt struck right through him. So nature will kill you in a second. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm really um, going to make some more videos about this as I read through it, but I want to. I wanted to introduce people to this book in case you haven't heard it. And uh, that's it for now. I'll talk to you guys later. Have a good day. We told them our argument wasn't with them, it was only with the regime. We said, you know, surrender. And, and you, you can then rejoin your army under a new leadership. We even asked them to come, come and be part of our coalition. It didn't happen. Instead, when the British probed the outskirts of the city, they met with fierce resistance. This is our first major contact with the enemy that we can actually see now. They're on the ground, they're firing tracer, we're firing tracer. It was just walk up to tanks with RPGs on the shoulders, trying to get as close as they could. It's very frightening. Um, especially when you see the whites in their eyes and they're throwing grenades at you. It's very frightening. It was just a constant barrage for 16 hours. We were told that they were going to surrender in the droves and it was going to be like the first Gulf War and that you would come across hundreds of men walking towards you with a weapon, no weapons and such, but I, mean, I never saw any of that. At first, the British encountered regular troops. But soon they found themselves under attack by paramilitary fighters, often dressed in civilian clothes. They uh, came forward very stealthily using civilian vehicles mounted with RPGs, heavy machine guns, and they used those a lot. He's refer referring to his correlationism. 
because even whilst there are thinkers that would accept the existence of this other, and indeed Kant who accepted existence, the existence of things in themselves, there's still this limitation placed on what we can say about this realm. Um, Hegel tried to put the whole thing within the subject, and maybe that's what these dotted lines represent. So this is really strong correlationism. But the point here is that within this correlational setup, the other is wholly other. The other is so different that it's incommensurable with anything that the ego can know or understand. So even when this introjection happens, the ego always translates the other into its own terms. And, you know, Morton will talk about the severing that occurred, he says, um, during the agricultural revolution and that this, this trauma of the severing continues to repeat itself um, even in our own day and age, which makes the human being and human society feel totally cut off from the non-human natural world. And Morton's way beyond this setup is not to deny that a gap exists between how the world appears and what the world essentially is. But if the wording is right, they can still be really enjoyable. Because say if, if it's got a terrible story, but the pacing is great and they hit one of those things really good, like a, just a total kick-butt character, it can be a, a fun, even great book. People might consider it. So I could spend a, a whole video just on the story sides of things, but this is a, hopefully, I'm trying, to make it a more broad overview of what, need, what you need to do and achieve in writing a good book. And as I mentioned, I found people are more capable of figuring out the story stuff. I spoke to Commander 7 Armoured Brigade and said, you work out your plan for Azibar, and I'll work out my plan for Basra, and let's meet tomorrow morning. Uh, and I remember him arriving, uh, and I thought, well, um, I've got some views on this. And he said to me, come around the corner, let's have a quick smoke break before you see my commanders. And he said to me, I've worked out I could easily get into Azerbaijan now with the most powerful armoured brigade the United Kingdom's ever put in the field. But if I do, I'll trash the place, I'll take unnecessary casualties myself, I will kill lots of civilians, and this can't be right. And I said to him, well, my conclusion was precisely the same for Basra. So within a space of uh, a cigarette, uh, we'd both come to the same conclusion. The British encircled the city, but allowed civilians to leave. MI6 agents inside Basra still hoped they could incite an uprising. Some in the American High Command were exasperated. They felt British caution made Saddam look strong. Personal journal, I suppose. And this one isn't always kept to the morning. Sometimes I will skip this in the morning and then I'll do it like at night. Or So I don't write in this every single morning, but I have been trying to write in it every single day. And then from there, I go into my bullet journal and I will open up to my sparkly bits page. And that's kind of my gratitude journal. And I'll write down my um, favorite moment or a series of favorite moments from the day before. And I love having these little snippets to look back on. I started in, in uh, November, and yeah, so from November up until now, I have like my favorite moment of each day. And I would say when this is all said and done... I said I need to keep firing, I need to try to, we need to pull it through. Jackson and the vehicles ahead of him made it through the final Iraqi positions. The vehicles behind 
still had that gauntlet to run. The first two vehicles managed to get through. But the Fedayeen hit the next three with rocket-propelled grenades. Private Miller ran forward to try and help. It was just a bloody mess. And I looked to see if anyone's alive, and to me, there didn't look to be anybody alive. So I just kept moving forward. In the wreckage was Private Jessica Lynch, later to be mythologized as an American hero when troops rescued her from an Iraqi hospital. At the time, Miller thought she was past help. It looked to me like she was dead, as well as everyone else that was in that vehicle. favorite moment or a series of favorite moments from the day before and I love having these little snippets to look back on. I started in, in uh, November and yeah so from November up until now I have like my favorite moment of each day and I would say when this is all said and done it usually takes me about an hour. The morning pages takes the most time but if I had to choose my favorite part or the most crucial part it would be morning pages. So that's something, and some days I get it done in 15 minutes or 20 minutes. Journaling is this beautiful thing. I used to hate, hate, hate writing. I hated it so much, and now it's become such a big part of my life. I think about how much I write day to day, not only in journals, okay? So I start my day by writing journals. I write a weekly email for Femina. I write two blog posts a week, make three videos a week, which starts with me. Yeah, yeah. Been reading this book. I just started reading this book. Humans are not from Earth a scientific ev evaluation of the evidence, but I only just started reading it. And um, when I ordered the book, I didn't realize it was going to be biblically sized. This is a big book, I think 600 pages plus. These dots, which could represent um, agents or actors, um, they're not just human, uh, all creatures have this gap between their own interiority and their the way they appear to others so their own inner essence and the way that they appear to others so morton's way beyond correlationism is by uh accepting that the transcendental gap that kant thought only existed in the human being that gap between the subject and everything else in the universe is in fact um, present in all beings Right, so this is the release of the anthropocentric copyright. The fact that humans burn easily suggests we're from a planet with less sunlight. So this begs the question, how on Earth did we get here? According to Dr. Silver, Earth is likely a prison planet, kind of like the universe is Australia. Since humans are naturally violent, we were likely put here by another alien race tens of thousands of years ago until we teach ourselves how to behave. Earth, Silver says, is our punishment. Only after the war would the Americans discover the spy's story of Saddam and his secret bunker was entirely false. Is there a bunker there? The intelligence community thinks there is. Afterwards you go there, there's no bunker. Is Saddam Hussein there? Everyone thinks he is. Afterwards, no Saddam. What happened? I'm as, as puzzled as you are. 
The British had been informed, but not consulted. Britain's top commander believed the raid was misconceived because Saddam's corpse would not have been available for display. But they'll be able to tell on the first page or first paragraph straight away if your writing is up to scratch or not, if you're not doing it right. And this is something I can do as well. I've uh, picked up many, okay, a manuscript, a writing sample from somebody, and uh, it's that easy to tell if the writing is not up to scratch. It doesn't matter if you've got the best idea in the world, the greatest story, okay, if the prose and sentence level stuff isn't not only easy 